Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. What's up, wrestling fanatics? We are definitely back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, and this is episode number 54, featuring, as always, my main man, Ben Watson. You weren't going to say it in Spanish? 54? How do you say it? Cincuenta y cuatro. Ah, I like it. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> That's it? That's all we get? Oh, what do you want me to say? What up, what up, what up? Don't wind up on your back, bro. Got that voice like Jesus and Fergie. Oh, Had a baby. baby. You know, I got a decent voice. <laughs> and, of course, as always, along with Ben, myself, Brandon Olinger, a.k.a. Brando. In the house tonight. Going to keep it down smooth and what? Lay it I tight? I think going to lay it down smooth <laughs> and keep it tight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> keep it something. <laughs> What's up, Ben? Oh, baby. I'm pretty pumped up right now. Them Hofstad Buckeyes look pretty damn good. After looking a little flat the last couple weeks... Them Buckeyes looked pretty damn good. Against the boys really are back in town. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. They look good against NC State this week, and I'm pumped to talk about it. But there's also a lot of other talk, uh, other things to talk about, man. Holy shit. The season's over. Regular season's over, baby. It's done. It's done. It's done. I mean, I didn't even get to put a single Where did time on. go? I don't know. But, you know. Well, I'm not sure we're going to have enough time today to talk about the Buckeyes, so... Uh, I'm going to kill you if you, don't, <laughs> if you think that's the case. All right, well, before we get into that, let's take care of that business as always. As I said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one Not two, not three, but one. You can even send us an email to TheInsideTrip1 at gmail.com. We got a Facebook page out there that Ben likes to keep up with. It's the Inside Trip. And the podcast... Yeah. You know, you can find it at all your favorite typical podcast locations, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, SoundCloud, and whatever else is going on out there. It is about... There's a a podcast catcher called Podbean. Podbean? Yeah, I think it's funny. (laughs) Why is that funny? I don't know, because flicking the bean. That is absolutely inappropriate. Nobody knows what that means. No, of course. Nobody knows what that means. Flicking the Podbean. Uh, what are you doing? Mom, I'm up here flicking the pod bean. Shut up. Trying to listen to the inside. Pleasure track. in those ear holes. Oh, shit. Um, all right, so let's go. Let's see what else do we got to do. Dang it, you always throw me off. That's what I do for a living. All right, like we've been pimping the last few weeks, you got good old Jason Bryant's 2018 NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships Preview Guide that is now for sale. You can find it at matttalkonline.com backslash fanguide18. Retail value is $19.99. Oh, but wait. If you order today and use the coupon code <laughs> inside wait, trip. more. <laughs> coupon code, promo code, whatever. Inside trip. That is just one word. No spaces. You will save $5. 
Dude, I'm telling you guys, you got to order it because we get money for doing that. <laughs> you have to order it. <laughs> you have to. No, even if you don't use the inside trip, which, or excuse me, inside trip, which you definitely should, um, get this, get this thing because, as I've said, as I've you know s- s- pimped this thing many times, there's nothing better than when you get it because, dude, we all get a little giddy around NCAA time. You start to get your tickets, the brackets come out, and then all of a sudden you get all this information. The wrestling community comes together and everybody gets fired up. I'm telling you, one way to be informed, and I'm not kidding you, is to get this guide. And if you use Inside Trip, I'm going to be able to drink some beers on you. Like, not physically on you, because I wouldn't want to suffocate you, but, you know, on your dime. And you would suffocate them. Hey, I've been working out. I did some thrusters today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Were they squat thrusts? Yeah, squat the thrusters, you know, shut up. You know, do people, have you told people that you were the captain of the squat thrust team in high school? I don't know what that means. You were. Man. Yeah, I, I think you're making fun of me, but I can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, hold on. Now that we've totally screwed this whole intro up. Um, all right, so yeah, you got the preview guide out there. Order it. Use that coupon code. Um, also, we got some t-shirts left. All we have left are gray larges. Um, want to thank everybody for all the support. But if you're interested in a t-shirt, just hit us up with a DM on Twitter or send us an email to the inside trip one at gmail.com. T-shirts are $25. And of course that does include the shipping. Um, and let me tell you something about those t-shirts. If I see a person at the NCAAs wearing an inside trip t-shirt, their bar tab for an hour is on me. I will wear mine the whole weekend then. It doesn't count for you. That's and it's for them. That is discrimination. For them only. That's discrimination. And they can't order that like Louis the Fifteenth or whatever that shit is. <laughs> they got they get. I, I buy them well drinks. High life. Yeah, I'll buy them well drinks and high life on me for an hour if I see you in an inside trip T-shirt. And you know, one place where we can't see them in the inside trip T-shirt is that live podcast that we're doing. That's right. Tell them all about it, Ben. So we're doing a live podcast. It's at Twenty Four and High Street. It's a bar right next to Quicken Loans Arena. I think that's what the name of the bar is. Um, it's also posted to our Twitter. I thought it was second and high. Second and high, 24th and high, <laughs> same thing. I might be high. I'm just kidding. I'm not. But what's really cool about it is um, in between the the sessions on Friday, we're going to be doing a live podcast with uh, uh, Lions 247 Matcast, which is a podcast done by Penn State, and Blood Round, which is a podcast done by some Michigan homers, which is more of a national podcast as well. With that live podcast, we're going to get up there. We're going to goof around. We're going to talk about wrestling. You know, we're going to interact with the fans. Uh, we may have a special guest or two. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, and also, it's at a bar with food and drink. And after you get out of the morning session, there's nothing you want to do more than eat and drink. So why don't you just do it with us? Because we're very friendly. And like I said, if I see you in a tit t-shirt, inside trip t-shirt, not a tit t-shirt. I mean, whatever. Um, I will buy your round for an hour of well drinks and cheap beer. Do, do you realize what you just said? Like, honestly, Ben. Yeah. If you have, if you see 10 people with an Inside Trip t-shirt, you're paying their bar tab for an entire hour. Yeah, but that's just them. How many people can drink like me? Not many. So oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buddy up with one of them and be like, let's do this. Let's no, teach Ben I said one a person, lesson. One person. I'm not buying it for their, all their friends. <laughs> all right? So, but that will stand. I swear that will stand. All right, so yeah, as Ben said, that live podcast at Second and High Friday between the morning session and the blood round. So be there. It's from 4 to 6. Should be a lot of fun, good times. Uh, special guest host, Julia Salata, will be hosting the event. Um, and yeah. you got the three podcasts. It'll be a good time. 
I'm think pumped, dude. This is like this is like my Christmas season. Right. We're just sitting there waiting for Santa Claus to come. I've got my advent calendar, you know, basically on the wall that counts down the days to NCAAs. Yeah. I mean, we're inside a month. Yeah. We're inside a month right now. I'm geek, dude. Yeah. We got the Big Ten tournament in two weeks. Oh, that's also going to be, be a great trip. Yeah, everybody say hello to Tommy Baranowski and Kevin Clanch. Uh They'll be the guys wearing the Ohio State wrestling singlets, sitting in the Michigan section. That's right, along with us. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I'm so angry at you for making me sit in the Michigan section. I want to throw it out there, okay? So, well, where did you want to sit in the Indiana section? No, There's I would have sat lots in the Ohio of room. State. I would have sat in the room in the IU section. I would have sat in the Ohio State section. There were still tickets left. <laughs> But Brandon was like, oh, I think it would be cool to, and not to say it wouldn't be, but Brandon was like, I think it would be cool to hang out with Tommy and Kevin. They're good guys, and we're, you know, hanging out with them all weekend anyways. Why don't we sit next to them? And I'm like, begrudgingly, I'm like, mm, all right. But, I mean, we are sitting in the Michigan section. I'm wearing Ohio State gear. I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, you are. They are, too. I might wear an Ohio State single. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyways. all right. Let's get into this. It's Monday night. It's Flipping almost 9 o'clock. Had a oh, long shit. day. So there is nothing better that I want to do right now. Nothing more that I want to do right now than talk some wrestling. Let's get into them Buckeyes because, Ben, I'm with you. Woo, they look good this weekend. They look real good, baby. What a way to end the dual season than to go out with an absolute demolishing of top five, top six North Carolina State. Yeah, a butt whooping of a really good team. A team that I think in the dual rankings is probably, I don't know, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I'd be surprised if they were, if they were higher than six, or, you know, lower in terms of uh, than six. And they just looked excellent from top to bottom, except for, you know, two weight classes. One of them was a surprise. The other one I don't think was much of a surprise. But at the same time, we got them back on one of them, too. And, you know, we had an upset of our own. So, you know, um, 141, why don't we just jump into 141? You want to start with 141? Yeah, why not? We'll run it back and we'll run it down if that's okay with you. Because Joey McKenna, you know, you and I, we said that, look, we were we were getting pretty high on Joey McKenna. We thought that he's been wrestling really well. We thought that he showed really, really uh, well lately after that one slip up against Thorne. That's the biggest thing is people thought that Joey McKenna, people were so down on him. Okay, he got majored by Thorne because he made two mistakes. He made the same mistake twice, got put on his back for eight points. Yeah, you know, against an All-American, if you're giving up eight points, not giving up, but if you're, you know, if you're putting yourself in a position to, to have the other guy score eight points on you off of one move, you know, it's going to be a tough hole to dig out of. But people forget that this dude at the start of the year wrestled in U23s and got a bronze medal. He was a bronze medalist at a age-level world event, comes back in, He's got a great win over – he's got some other decent wins, but then he gets a great win over the freshman Nick Lee, and then he goes out and against his toughest test of the year, Kevin Jack, multiple-time All-American. I think he's a two-time All-American, um, and I think he took third last year, beating Meredith in the finals for third and fourth. Um, Correct. Yeah, and we all, know, we all know Kevin Jack's story. This guy is just legitimate in so many different positions. Animal on top. Excellent scrambler. And great technician from his feet with his offense. And Joey McKenna shut him down. McKenna looked phenomenal in this match. And I think he's one of the guys on this Buckeye team that is, you know, he's peaking at the right time. Okay. Um, You know, kind of touching on a point you said earlier, people being down on McKenna. I think it's really easy for people to forget just how good he actually is. You know, he took third as a freshman. 
And then, of course, he did not All-American last year. He lost two tough matches to um, – he lost to Ironman and to Tommy Thorne. Yeah, he um, loses to Tommy Thorne on the top side in overtime, and then he falls down, and because that weight is so crazy, he runs into a, a buzzsaw. Right. Um, but, you know, he went into last year's national tournament, I think, with one loss and as the three seed. So uh, we even had people telling us that they thought he regressed, that he had regressed – you know, in his talent and his technique and in his, you know, just growth as a wrestler this year. But I think because he didn't wrestle a lot at the beginning of the season because he was focusing on the U23 worlds, it was kind of like that out of sight, out of mind thing. Right. Good all, point. All he's done since he's come back is wrestle really well, handling what I would assume is a decent weight cut. He's one of the couple of guys on the Buckeyes team right. who's who's actually cutting some legit weight. And now he's looking like he's actually starting to manage that weight cut pretty nicely. Right. Um, and he's making, you know, we said this, we said this last week and I'm going to say it again. He's really making that loss to Tommy Thorne, a very distant memory. What I was most impressed about with McKenna in this match was uh, a couple of things. Actually, one, he showed yet again that he can get to that single leg shot of his almost any time he wants to. And once he gets on that leg, he's going to finish it nine times out of 10. He's going to finish. You know, you, you made a great point there. Uh, finish it in your second one if you want. No. Well, the other thing that I thought McKenna did that was just outstanding was his ability to stay low to the mat. He was able to stay so low to the mat at all times in the neutral position that he essentially what he did was neutralize the length of Jack. And you could tell that Jack was kind of thrown off by it. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, Jack. I mean, the only time Jack took a real offensive shot, they were both took one at the same time and they kind of butted heads. I think the biggest thing... And, and I and I totally agree that staying low to the mat was was assisted him. Now I think that he wrestles a little lower to the mat in general, you know. But I I, I do think that he put it was a point of emphasis there. It was definitely a point of emphasis. Why I think he won that match is because he didn't play into Kevin Jack's game in neutral with the scramble situations. He got in on it. and actually what he shot was kind of a double leg when he um, he realized that he was only going to go one leg and boom immediately switches. To one leg, and then he does. He says, "I'm not scrambling with you, dude. I'm not. I'm not going to do this whole scramble thing." And then he takes him down with a really solid, just you know, go behind with the single leg, reach up, pull the hip, takes him down, and then Jack starts to try to get in this scramble, and they go out of bounds. He just really neutralized Jack's ability to scramble because Jack's best in two different ways. One, when you get in real deep on him. When you get in too deep on him, almost, yep, you know, I know exactly where you're going yeah. with this. And two, when when Jack is when Jack is able to get you stepping into him, I've seen more people than I can even imagine walk right into a single leg from Kevin Jack. Dean Hiles done it this year, and McKenna didn't. He stayed low. Jack had nothing for him. And then when they both shot in, McKenna caught him in a barrel roll, which yep. was real slick. And then he rode him. I was going to say that's the other, the third thing that really impressed me was the fact that he was able to ride Jack. And I mean, he he rode him for for a good bit. He even picked up a riding time point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I thought it was very smart of McKenna to take neutral when he had choice. Don't even go under Jack. Don't let Jack. Don't give Jack a chance to Bingo. get in an advantageous position for him. Because when you do, J you know, Jack's proven that when you let him get into a position that he favors, he's going to make you pay for it. And I thought McKenna. And the Buckeye coaching staff had a phenomenal game plan. They executed it to perfection, and it just went to show how good McKenna can actually be come come March. Right, and and it, not only that, it's a game plan that can be repeated. 
Okay, sometimes you get these gimmick game plans where, all right, you beat a guy because he's just not ready for it. Okay, Kev- Kevin Jack can can prepare, which he's not going. You know, when you go to the NCAA tournament, you can't prepare you for every guy. You know, you, but you know, when, when if he sees it, he draws. McKenna will say in the quarters or whenever it would be. Right. You know, you can be like, all right, he's going to stay low to the ground. He's going to do this. But it's repeatable. It's not like a guy, okay, uh, his left hand's the attack hand, so let's get a two-on-one rush right. and tie and tie him up the whole match. Right, and I mean, then they can figure that out. It's repeatable. The only thing Jack can say is, well, i got to get him stepping into me. Okay, because that's where Jack's really good is when he gets guys stepping into him. But if McKenna can stay low and get in, because I think he can get in on that single leg again. I think so, too. Where I'm concerned is that, you know, you go, that was such a beautiful finish on that single leg. I'm just not sure how many times people can finish a single leg that clean on Kevin Jack. I mean, it was clean. It wasn't a dive through, roll through, battle, damn scramble. It was a sweep, or not not a sweep because it was actually head on because he tried to hit that double. But he got in, he cut the, the corner, corner yeah, quick, cuts the corner, and then he gets up to the hip with um, Jack's. Jack was in a tripod, yep. and then he finishes it, and that's. The biggest thing for me isn't so much that Kevin Jack's going to own McKenna on his feet next time because he's going to figure it out. It's can Because let's be honest, that second takedown was almost like he fell into it, right? They both shot, got put in the front head, and McKenna saw that barrel roll and hit him. I don't know how many times you know, McKenna's going to be able to barrel roll Kevin Jack. No, I agree with you there. But I do think, like you said, I think he can get to that single leg again on Jack. And as long as he finishes quick like he did this time, Gets to the corner. Don't let, give Jack a chance to stuff the head in the middle. Right. Reach over you, grab an ankle, and then turn it into a scramble situation. Get on the single leg. Get to the corner quick and finish. And you know what's cool? McKenna completely executed his match. I won't call it so much a game plan, but I'll call it his style. He completely executed his style against Kevin Jack, and he also completely executed his style and game plan against Nick Lee. Now, I know those are just you know two of the most recent matches that he's won. He's also won some other matches. But against top-level, elite-level guys, he's been able to take his style, which isn't the scramble style that a lot of these 41-pounders have. And he's been able to say, look, my basic style of wrestling is going to be able to work against elite-level Kevin Jackson, title contender, man. It's funny you say that because what McKenna did in this match, going back to the fact that it was a repeatable game plan, not only is it repeatable against a guy like Kevin Jack, but it's repeatable against those guys that have that same style, a Bryce Meredith, maybe a Jay Nyerman, right. you know, potentially a Dean Heil, though we're not seeing the, the scrambly Dean Heil as much as we saw last year. Who I get concerned about is how does McKenna's game plan or what does he do when he goes up against a guy like Yanni D, who's just as solid. Just as solid and can scramble a little bit, probably right. a little better. Um, that's to be seen, but I'll tell you one thing right now. You have to put... McKenna in the conversation again. He was removed from the conversation, even though last year he was, I think, seated second. The year before he was probably seated pretty high, too. He was removed from that title contender conversation. Now that Dean Heil has shown that, you know, certainly I, th- I still think Dean Heil is a title contender. But now that he's removed from, you know, the guy that's definitely going to win it or whatever, I think that you, you have to, in, in good conscience, you can't say McKenna isn't a title contender. With one loss on the season, which right now is looking like a pretty big fluke, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't argue that with you at all. In fact, I think that you could really say anybody in the top seven, eight, or nine of that weight class 
is a legitimate title contender. Now, some people may argue against a Brock Zacherl type who hasn't had quite the schedule as some of these other guys had, but you can throw the top 10 at 141 in a tournament and wrestle it 10 different times, and you may have 10 different winners, you know, when it's all said and done. Okay, let me ask you this then. And, and, and you know, I know other podcasts have done this, but I, I'm, I'm interested in this way to only, okay? Um, I'm going to ask you the title contenders, and you can say yes. Bryce Meredith? Yes. Kevin Jack? Yes. Jaden Ironman? Yes. Yanni D? Yes. Brock Zackroll? I'm going to say no. And the reason why I say that is this. I don't okay? I'm going to say no. Um, and it's not a knock on Brock Zacherl. It's the one. He hasn't had the schedule. Now, he's won every match on that schedule. Right. Okay. But he hasn't had the schedule. We've also seen Zacherl have these types of seasons as before, and he's gone into the national tournament, and he's yet to get on the you're podium. Exactly right. So I need to see him get on the podium first. No, you're exactly right. Do I think he can get on the podium this year? Yeah, I do. Sure. Dean Heil. Yes. Joey McKenna. Yes. Nick Lee. Yes. Really? Yes. I don't see Nick Lee as a title contender. Um, but that's the top eight. So, so we're saying everybody but one. You said everybody but one, but me, everybody but two can, can win it. And and I think that look, there's there's difference in favorites. There's difference in favorites, but I, I I'd be hard pressed to say that re- that's not the case. You know, the reason why I'll say Nick Lee is a title contender is, is this: a couple of reasons. One, he's got amazing offense. Two, he's got amazing pace. And three, and I think this is the most important one: you don't have to beat everybody. You don't have to beat everybody in the top eight or nine. He's only going to have to beat a few people. So, it ain't round robin. Right. It depends on who he matches up with. You know, upsets are going to happen. So he's got the talent, he's got the training partners, and he's got the coaches to be a title contender. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I know we're going to do this later on, but I think that Yanni D might be the top dude right now at that weight. I'm just speaking out of my butt right now. I mean – He did just have a close match with A.C. Headley. Well, I mean, people have close matches, Ben. You're right. It's Division One college wrestling. But anyway, so I know we spent a lot of time on 141, but I think it was well-deserved because Joey McKenna, boys. I could talk about this weight class all night if you wanted to. Oh, the to, weight class. And, and Joey McKenna. I'm, I'm really happy for him because, you know, it wasn't flukish either. No, I mean, again, it just goes back, like you said. He wrestled the absolute perfect match against Kevin Jack, and it's not like it was the perfect match where things just fell his way. He dictated the pace of the match. He executed his game plan. He shut Kevin Jack down, and I think what the him and the Buckeyes coaching staff have is a blueprint to a lot of success in the postseason with how he wrestled in that match. And this is uh, uh, no offense to Kevin Jack because um, go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts. Brandon and I both, and I'm not sure actually – I think, yeah, Brandon and I both picked Kevin Jack to win the NCAA tournament last year. I know I did. No, I stuck with Dean Heil you because did. I had originally said that I didn't okay. think Dean Heil was going to lose But you again. were really high on him. Heck yeah, he was on my fantasy team. Yeah, I, 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 I said that Kevin Jack was going to win the NCAA tournament last year, so it's not like I'm sitting here trying to beat him up. All right, now that you got me all excited with this uh, 141 and Joey McKenna talk, let's go ahead yeah. and circle back to uh, 125 and our boy Nathan Tomasello, who... Um, I'm telling you, he looked, in my opinion, he just looked phenomenal against a a very game Sean Foss. A very game and very big Sean Foss. Sean Foss is, uh, I think he's like six foot five. I think he picked the wrong sport because he should be playing basketball. Um, no, Nathan Tomasello uh, just looked excellent against the guy who has beaten Nick Piccinini this year. Outscrambled Nick Piccinini this year, who, who took fourth last year. I think Foss was around a 12 guy. You know, hasn't quite put it all together at the NCAA tournament, but certainly has some wins. Um, 
finds himself ranked fifth in the country. Nathan Tomasello finds himself ranked fourth. Those matches you typically think are flips, or you know, you know, uh, either way type matches. It wasn't even close. Now Foz did get the first takedown. You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here thinking like. The Buckeyes actually scored the first takedown in eight out of ten matches, which I thought was phenomenal. To me, I love when I see a team do that, a team that I root for do no that. Doubt. Right, they're getting after it. Um, but two of the matches that they didn't get the first takedown in, one of them was actually this match. But what was so great about it is that Tomasello gets taken down but was able to get out quickly. He falls with all his length and leverage. An elite rider. Correct. At that weight. Was not able to, to ride him, not e- not able to hold him down at all. Tomasello quickly gets out, quickly gets in on a takedown of his own, finishes it. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. You know how Tomasello gets out, which I think that is – and I think it's, it, has, it has a little bit to do with his body style because not everybody can do that because they're going to get chin drop sucked back. Tomasello gets to his ass as fast as possible because you can't throw a boot in like that. I mean, you can, but then you're putting yourself in a weird crab ride position. Tomasello against leg riders, he – Hand fights and then boom to a sit out, and See, that's I, how he got out on Corey Clark last year too. I, yeah, I like what you said there about he gets to his butt quickly. But I think also one of the things that he does almost better than anybody else in the Buckeye team is he keeps his elbows in. He doesn't allow allow them to get wrist right. control on him. He, and he, he fights hand hands fights, great. He fights hands great. Keeps those elbows tight, uh, close to, close to his chest. Doesn't let him get inside control on him. Inside you know inside wrist control, and then gets to his butt. It pops right up to his feet. Right, and I'm not saying that anybody on Ohio State's wrestling team needs to work on bottom, but if I were saying that, if I were saying that, if anybody's listening, um, emulation of Miles Martin and Nathan Tomasello would be who I would follow because those two dudes, and Colin Moore to an extent too, are the guys that can get out on anybody. So Nathan gets right out on a tough guy, you know, on a really tough rider, and then he just goes... You know what, what happened was is This is what I love when Nathan does this He goes alright my, my high C ain't there right now Because he's really keeping that leg back My single leg's there Whoop Hits him in on that single leg Lifts the leg up immediately He doesn't hang out down there Because if he hangs out on the bottom That's what Nick Piccinini does Nick Piccinini always hits those low levels And likes to hang out Foz is going to scramble you Tomasello gets, gets his ass up or gets, his, you know, gets his leg up Finishes Finishes a couple times that way he actually, at one point for a takedown, didn't even drop to a knee. Foz stepped so hard, he just went rushing single and grabbed it. I love how he got the foot in the air to finish it. And he finished it every time he had his foot in the air because he didn't play into Foz's game of let's roll around on the mat. No, that was the thing that impressed me most about Tomasello this match was, again, his ability to finish quick. And when you're going against a guy with that type of length and that type of leverage, you can't give them a chance to roll around with you on the mat. you got to get that leg in the air. And finish quick, and I think Tomasello did a fantastic job at that. And um, again, it was like kind of like another match where he took away Foz's strengths, and 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 Foz looked looked a little lost. Right. He had he had he had no, no no counter for it. Right after that first takedown, he didn't have much. Now he did stop. And what I said on the podcast last time, that I thought I, Tomasello would get to his lefty high C and be able to cut across. He did, but Foz locked in the crotch, and Nato's, Nathan's so small that he wasn't able to finish that. Now he might have been able to if. They would have let him work a little bit more. Couldn't finish it there. He did finish a high crotch later on with a little bit different type finish. But that, the single leg's the way to beat, I think, um, Sean Foz getting it up in the air. Um, How about that turn by Tomasello? That's what I was just going to say. I love it. I lo- when he does that, whatever, roll through or whatever. Yeah, that roll through Easton tilt, man, it just 
It just looks so good. I love seeing it. I know. And he hit, I've seen him hit it to both sides. I've seen him hit it to both cross rests. And that was something that we talked about, I think. you know. So let's give ourselves a little bit of credit because that was something we talked about right before he got back on the mat, you know, is that I think I saw him hit it against uh, the dude from Maryland. And I was like, I'd never seen him hit that before. That's kind of interesting. I'd never seen Tomasello really go for a roll through tilt. Then he goes and hits it on Lezak, you know, because I think when he hit it on Cray from Maryland, I was like, all right, you know, that'll be good for bonus points in the early rounds, but I'm not sure he's going to get it against top-level guys. And then all of a sudden he's turning, turning top five, top six guys with that thing. He's not supposed to be – Foz and Lezak are supposed to be dominating on top, and Tomasello's turning them. What are you saying? Backpack Tomasello? No. <laughs> backpack NATO? We going backpack NATO? I'm just saying that I think that his game is rounded out a little bit. He's tough to ride. Only person I've ever seen in the world since – I mean, I think Alan Waters wrote him a long time ago. But other right. than that, with Spencer Lee, and who's, who's an expert-level, elite-level rider. No backpack NATO? Can we – man purse NATO? You could tell him that. I ain't saying that to his face. Duffel bag NATO? Dude, do you see he boxes? Yeah, let's just call him NATO. <laughs> Baby Hercules. Okay, yeah. Look, Tomasello looked fantastic. Um, a great, great, great performance by him, you know, especially heading into the postseason where, I mean, let's face it, he's walking into a Big Ten tournament that's absolutely crazy at 125 pounds. And I think, you know, the way he's finished out his regular dual season, um, I think it bodes well for him going into this tournament. His gas tank looks great. It does. I, it, I don't even think he's having weight cut issues, Ben. I, I think he looks great. I think he looks he looks really physically strong for the weight. Um, I like him in the Big Ten tournament. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do our picks you know, when that comes to fruition, but I, I like him in that. Say he wins the Big Ten tournament because Soriano's ranked number one right now. And Spence, I mean, Spencer Lee will go down. So I, I think you'd probably put Cruz at one then. Well, Cruz is likely going to finish the year undefeated. That's what I mean. So he's probably the one seed. Um, I mean, it depends on how things shake out. But, yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I'm of the belief that if you got a guy that goes undefeated, wins his conference, and no one else is undefeated – And he won a title last year. Correct. I mean, he's got a got a good argument for the for the top seed at the national tournament. So Nato's going to have to see one of those guys. So even if he wins the NCAA, he's going to have to see another one of those guys. Well, he would have anyways because the other guy would be of 1-4. Right. So it's just going to be a bloodbath. All right, let's go to 133. Um, and Luke Pletcher took on Ohio boy from Steubenville. Steubenville. Tariq Wilson. Um, I think he's a redshirt freshman who's having a great season. And I got to tell you, man, in my opinion, I thought this was the best that Pletcher's looked in probably the majority of the year. I thought he looked phenomenal this match. He had some amazing offense. His counter offense was really good in this match, um, and how about that third period ride out? Yeah, he, he, he did. He, um, I, th- I think he looked excellent. His elbow pull, high C. I mean, Tariq almost fell on his face. <laughs> I mean, literally almost fell on his. Face. Now he he got taken down first too. He did. Pletcher yep. did too. This is the other match where we gave but up he, the first takedown of got, the match. He got right out, um, and then he hits him with a, um, an overtie shut, kind of a la Steber. And I like Kate Brock. We've and, seen Pletcher hit that a lot, yeah, though. Yeah, and it's and it's really nice. But he's still only two takedowns on, and you know, in that match, similar to the Corey Keener match, I think that he's got more offense than than he's leading on. I think that he's got to trust his offense more because he did look great and he rode really tough. He threw in throwing in bars. He's riding wrists, you know. But look, I don't. I'm not sure Tariq Wilson as a redshirt freshman is excellent. On, excellent on bottom. Well. 
let's cut him a little slack here. Only two takedowns, because let's think about this. He gets two takedowns in the first period, okay? Pletcher escapes in the second period, so he doesn't score a takedown in the second period, and then he rides Wilson out the entire third. So the only time we didn't see offense from Pletcher was the second period. Right. I, I can cut him some slack after he just, you know, put two two takedowns on Wilson in the first, and then with that right out in the third period, I thought I got no complaints with this match all right, and Pletcher. All right. No no complaints at all. But, but do you think when when he gets up, maybe sometimes he coasts a little bit? Because he's got great defense and he's really hard to score on. Yes, I think we look. If I'm speaking honestly, yes, we've talked about this in the past. I, I think there's been moments when Pletcher could probably be a little more offensive. Um, this match, this match is not one of those where I'm like, oh, I, I wish I would have seen more from him though. Because I, okay, I to be realistic about it, aside from Tomasello, you know, and obviously we'll get to to Bo's match later and, and whatnot. I I just thought that that Pletcher probably looked better than the majority of the guys on this Buckeye team that day. He, he, he had he really, really good. He had two really, really nice attacks. And he was attacking a little bit more. But I, look, I'm not trying to be hard on the guy. I just see so much potential in his offense. When I see those elbow, pa- or elbow um, pull high Cs, you know, I, and, I, and I know he's got a single leg in there too. I'd, I'd like to see, it would have been nice to see maybe one more, one more takedown. But, you know, he's still got the win. I'm not sitting here bashing on the dude. At least I hope I'm not. doesn't sound like it. You look good, man. Um, so Keyshawn Hayes at 149 against Bo Donahue, Donahoe. Yeah, how about kid play? Dude, his... <laughs> you talk about Keyshawn's, Keyshawn's hair? hair. Dude, looks awesome. Kid out, kid play. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. It, it looks good, dude. I wish I could grow hair and at all. Like, I wish I had hair. But if I could have, if I could choose the hair, it would be one, Bo Jordan's hair from his freshman year, and then two... <laughs> Keyshawn Hayes's, which I'd look probably pretty ridiculous. Bo Jordan's hair from his freshman year. Remember that? The mullet? No, yeah, he had the really long locks. The, the gold locks? <laughs> he looked good. He looked horrible. Um, he looked I, like he was from a place called St. Paris, Ohio. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I thought Keyshawn looked good. I, 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 you know. He faded a little bit in the third period. Yeah. I, I, what is, what's wrong with that? It ain't a weight cut. I don't know. I mean, I. I don't know what it is. I thought I thought Hayes looked good in the first period. He got that first takedown. Um, I think he turned him for four in the second period, which the was, guy yeah, Bo Donahue took down, and then he got cross wrist tilted. Right, you know, I mean, it, looking good there. I think he faded a bit in the third period, and there was really only one. Look, I'm not I'm not the guy to nitpick technique or anything, but I think there was a a moment when in the third period where Keyshawn had. Um, had the leg in the air, and yep. Donna, you know Donahue, Donahoe, whatever his name is, was kind of trying to kind of bounce off back towards the edge of the mat. Keyshawn was trying to pull him into the you know the center of the mat, and Keyshawn was in was in great position there. He had the leg high. Donahoe wasn't even trying to fight the hands or anything to get the leg down. He was just bouncing on one foot. Um, and I think Keyshawn rushed the finish when he couldn't trip him. He kind of rushed and he he went back down to the mat. Went to back down to the mat. Yeah. And I mean, well, he got out scrambled earlier in the match too. Um, so you're exactly right. You know, not that that was a big scramble, but he did get out scrambled with a leg pass early in the match too. But he looked tired. He did, he looked a little tired at the end of the match. But I don't know what it is. You never know what's going on with these kids, man. I mean, it's. Sometimes, it's been a grind, dude. And sometimes riding on top can make you exhausted. A guy that constantly, dude, we all know the guy that constantly moves on bottom. For him to be able to keep him down, you just get tired doing that. Now he got his turn, which you know blew the match open. But and look, Bo Donahue's not a bad wrestler by any stretch of imagination. I think they got him ranked thirteenth in Intermat, so he's a top fifteen kid. 
and Keyshawn beat him eleven to five. So you know it's not like the sky's falling here. But I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him um, convert on a few more of his uh, sh- uh, shots. Keyshawn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd like to see him convert convert on a few more because he gets in and he just he, his conversion rate probably isn't quite as high as is what it should be. Still a good win for him, though. Um, you know, look, 11-5 against a top 15-ranked guy who's actually got some good wins as well. And uh, Donahue's got some – he's got a gas tank. I mean, Donahue can can wear guys out. I think he's got some comfort behind wins this season. So, you know, cutting Hayes a little slack on this, <laughs> still 11-5 victory. Great way to end the season for you and heading into the Big Tens. I mean, I like it. I, I'm interested to see what Hayes is going to do in his first postseason. I was just about to say that I, I'm, I'm – I'm higher on Hayes than I was at the start of the season. I'll tell you that much. When I've, he bumped up to 49, I was like, mm, I mean, let's maybe around 12 guys. His only loss is Heilman, Rutherford, and Sorensen. And I take him. I take him over Heilman if they wrestled next time. He was beating Heilman six to nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't take him over. Went to his back, Sorensen, but yeah. But I think the Keyshawn Hayes could probably. I think he could take third that weight class. Right now, Grant Lee's ranked third. Right now, if he figures out how to freaking claw that neck brace. Yeah, some that's some bullshit right there. That neck brace. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that's my dude. That's my fantasy team guy. <laughs> hey, it's it's allowed by by uh, regulations. So why don't you get off his back? Oh, okay. Well, Vincenzo Joseph has great over under, so I'm gonna wear uh, swimming pool floaties on my arms so he can't get me because I got bad arms. <laughs> <laughs> He's still inside trip your ass so fast. Oh, I would be so on my back. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Ugh. Let's go. <laughs> 157. I'm so angry that I had I had a hunch. Dude, I'm going to tell you. And my I, hunch was good for a minute. I have never been so excited for like 60 seconds, and then boom, it just drops to the ground. That happens every time you have sex, bro. I told your wife to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shots fired. Well, oh, I just cussed. Well, you did tell me I sleep with my wife, so I, I feel like the F-bomb was warranted there. <laughs> God. Can we keep this on point, please? I, I had it on point, and then you had to go off. And, anyways, Micah Jordan, sweet oppo swing single, finishes it perfectly, and I'm like, all right, my hunch might be correct. Let's see what up. Well. <laughs> and then? Um, I mean, Hidley got out. Well, yeah, but I mean, then Micah Jordan took bottom, didn't he? Yeah, I think we went down in the second, and we got turned. Micah Jordan, bottom wrestling is a liability. It's a real liability. He didn't. He didn't get turned. He he did. did he do the did, did he do the Dan vest, the was, sloppy vest? Yeah, he was flopping around. <laughs> he was flopping around like a freaking fish or something, and then rolls on his own back. And Hitler's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna claw her half in here and get a quick two two count." Hey, look. All joking aside, though, man. This was the first that I'd really got to watch Hidley, and he's impressive. He is seriously impressive. Listen, you know, he may not be flashy, but he you can tell he's very strong. He's a great positional wrestler with fantastic defense. He's got great hips, and I'm not sure, with the exception of maybe Imar, there's anybody better in college wrestling from an underhook. Yeah, he was impressive. But and that knee pick that he hit? The knee pick the at third? the end that sealed it. That, sealed that the was deal. beautiful. Well, yeah, he timed that really well. I'm, I'm going to give him his due. Listen to you. Listen to you. you don't want to give him any credit. I'm giving him his due. I'm giving him his due. Those two back points were good. You're turning into a homer, bro. Those two back. I, I am a little bit of a homer. Those two back points were junk. What was Micah doing? 
why his bottom wrestling just become a liability and it's it's concerning. just become I'm, I'm sorry just like have we not been talking about this for three years in a row I don't know why he went down then I mean if if if, if you're literally gonna just roll I mean I'm pretty sure he went down that would have been the only way because unless I'm wrong you can tell me if I'm wrong Brandon but I'm pretty sure he, he chose bottom yeah Micah did he chose bottom yeah I, I don't understand it and then immediately gave up two points and then he got out but you know you got to make that one takedown in those matches stand up or at least you know at least give yourself a shot for a second takedown now which he was in that match for the second takedown um but then he got taken down by Hidley again <sighs> Micah is seated ranked seventh right now and that's probably what he is and I was expecting more this year I had him as a um a finalist contender at the start of the year and I thought that and I, you know, I thought that him and Kemmerer would have really good matches, but right now, I, I don't. I think there's styles out there that are just so, you know, that are such a disadvantage to Micah. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's. Okay. We've been really hard on Micah a lot this year, but let's keep things in perspective a little bit. Micah's struggles on bottom this year is nothing new. He struggled on bottom last year as well, and he still managed to take fourth in the NCAAs at a, at a very tough 149-pound weight class. Um, with the exception of his match against Zane Rutherford, Micah has never really been dominated. Now, he's had a problem this year with putting himself in a big hole to start a match or getting put to his back at um, just some of the most inoppor- you know, opportune times throughout the match. And if he can figure out a way to not do that, He's right in the thick of all this. Right. He's right in the thick of all this. But don't you think he would have figured it out by now? I mean, he's a junior, and he has wrestled at the 157-pound weight class all year. Um, Do I think he's an All-American? Yeah, but I mean, how high? Again, you don't got to beat everybody, Ben. I know. I know. You don't have to beat everybody. I'm just disappointed in that match because I thought that we really had a shot to beat him. Oh, I thought we did, too. I absolutely thought we did. Hidley's the real deal, though, it's looking. I mean, he's, he's definitely the real, the real deal. deal. I mean, he's got great wins this year. He's got that win over Jordan. He's got a win over uh, Joey Lavalley this year, um, among other guys. He is definitely the real deal. I think he's one of, like, what, you know, 13, 14 undefeated wrestlers left. Is he going to be the three seed in NCAAs? I think there's a case to be made to put him as the two seed. Who would that be above? Because Kimmer... Okay, here's the, here's the well, thing. Well, the problem is Nolf might not be the one seed. Nolf and Kimmer are going to wrestle in the same conference tournament. Okay. If Nolf wrestles. If Nolf um, does not wrestle in the bigs and Kimmer does and wins the bigs, I'm not sure you can see Nolf won at nationals. I just don't see how you can do well, that. That's two losses. That's three losses on the year. Right, because he'll have to still step on the mat. Yep. I mean, he's going to have to step on the mat. So even though they won't be wrestled matches, they'll still be losses. Right. Um, I think Hidley has a case for the two seed. We'll see how things shape yeah, out there. I, I, I think that you're probably right. Um, what's going to be interesting, what will be interesting I don't know how this is all going to shape out with um, with Jason Nolf. But let's say Hidley goes into the national tournament undefeated. Let's say Kimmer goes in undefeated. Let's say Jolie Lavalle only has one loss. You probably got Kimmer and Lavalle on the same side. I'd say Kimmer is one, Lavalle four. And then you... It creates I, an I interesting can't see, situation. I don't see them putting Nolf and Kimmer on the same side. I just... Look, they ha- there's some discretion involved. I don't think there's discretion at NCAA seeding. There's criteria. Well, then how the hell did Kyle Snyder get a two seed when he was like 6-0? and 
You know, I mean, there's some discretion. There's That's some a good discretion. point. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You would hope you don't see it that way, but I don't know. I'm just rambling now. Yeah. Well, anyways, since we're just rambling, how about 165, our boy Tayshan getting back on the board after losing six in a row? It's about time. I tell you what. I knew that it was just it's a bad grind in the Big Ten for him. He's owned this guy. I mean, too. I think they've wrestled multiple times from his, Three times, you know, yeah. his days at Pittsburgh. He's owned him. Um, seven or nothing. I mean, a shutout victory. It's a great win for Campbell. It's good. I mean, you're going into the postseason with a win, you know, getting back in the win column. Um, I got a little concerned when the match first started. I, mean, I didn't realize you were allowed to just leave the mat and come back out unless it was a concussion I think it was thing. Con- I think they, what they were saying was a concussion. Really? Yeah. I thought he fell. I thought he hurt his knee or something and fell down. No, they were saying they were saying it was a concussion issue. Interesting. Is, is what is what they said on the broadcast. Um, I, there's nothing else really to say about this match except for you know I, I, it's good for him that he's going into Big Tens with a win. So, because that's going to be a, I mean, that's going to be a mess of a freaking weight class in the Big Tens. Oh, it's it's nasty. One sixty five in the Bigs is nasty. How about Bo Jordan though? You know, it was nice seeing Bo respond to that loss to Amin at Michigan with this type of performance. I mean, this is like this is like freshman Bo Jordan performance right here. Take a guy down, put him on his back, and stick him. Yeah, take a guy down, throw a boot, run a power half, and it's done. Why have we not seen that power half all year? I don't know, man. And that that's the that's the question is if it was an injury issue where he couldn't run the power half because of his foot, you know, pushing off on that, then he wouldn't shouldn't have been able to do it here. But so maybe maybe it just maybe he's just not as dominant on top as he used to be. I don't know. I mean, I think I think that it's clear that Bo Jordan hasn't really, you know, gotten better throughout his years. It's hard to say, but it's the truth. I'm not Did sure. Did Jeff Jordan do something to you at a camp when you I were love a child? Jeff Jordan. Because you you bag on their kids a lot. That's bull. That's bull. I, I have not <laughs> bagged on their kids, but I, I, I'm just I'm, I think he's the same wrestler he was, or no, maybe I mean, not quite as good as as he was as a freshman. It's a fair point. I mean, I, I think. Look, I mean, if you if you've watched him wrestle the last few years, um, I, I think he actually was better as a freshman and sophomore than he has been the last two years. I mean, well, he did make his finals last healthier. year. Well, I mean, he took third the first two years. I mean, is there right. taking third, taking second? I mean, it, right. If he, and if he's still as good as he was the first couple of years, then yeah, hell, if he finishes third again this year, that's a pretty damn good career. Right. No, I'm, I agree with you. But going back to your point, I don't. We just haven't seen him grow as much since he came in as a freshman. From you know growth as a wrestler, right? Um, whatever reason that is, it's got to be because look, it's it's because of injuries. I think injuries, and I think the fact that you know. There's limitations on people's athletic ability. Okay, I'm not sure Bo Jordan's the most athletic person out there. You know, he's very good at what he does, but you know, how much better could he have gotten from high school? I think that's that's, I think that's a fair question. I don't know, man. So, I got no answer. So, anyways, I'll tell Let's you. Let's talk about Mymar. Yeah, Mymar looks. I like him. I, I even though this match was close until the end, I thought he wrestled a, a, a brilliant match. Yeah, I thought Mymar looked great this match. I mean, uh, what I really like, one of the, the night started off with this match, or I'm sorry, the, the duel started with this match, um, and I think Martin really set a tone, and one of the ways he did that was he scored a phenomenal takedown in the first period right as time yep. clicked off, you know, ticked off the clock to end the period. And that type of hustle right there, in my opinion, just kind of set the tone for the entire match. 
I thought that was fantastic. You saw the Buckeyes do that in multiple matches after that, really hustle at the end of a period to secure a takedown. That's things that we haven't seen from them a lot this right. year. Right. When they so, looked flat, you haven't seen that. They looked like they were going after people. Exactly. So I thought that was fantastic. I think Mar- I thought Martin did a, made the smart choice by not going underneath Renda, who Renda is known for being tough as hell on top. No need. Yeah, no need in the second period. Um, he got in on another shot, wasn't able to – it was actually called two, but then they reviewed it and, it, and they took it back. But, how you about know, that shot? What about the third? I think Renda took a Renda took a nice shot. I thought he was going to take head outside down. high C. Martin was able to sit the corner and then ultimately lock up a cradle. Man, he, that was great. It was similar to what he did against the Rutgers guy, but obviously in a, against the way better guy. You know, uh, Mymar was able to get to the legs a couple times, finishes once. Um, I think in the rematch, I think he's going to be able to finish more than once because they're going to probably wrestle again um, in the semis, probably. At the NCAA tournament, if everything goes to chalk, we all know that that doesn't happen. Um, but when Randa got in on that shot, I was like, "Uh oh, this is deep." You know, this this could be something. You know, but Mymar, I think he showed against um, Abinator that he can scramble a little bit. Mymar can scramble a little bit. He scrambled out of some really nice positions against Abinator and against Pete Randa. He sits that corner, locks up that cradle, gets the two. Not only does he get the two, but then he takes him over for four backs as well. And that really puts a statement on the end of that match as of, you know, I know you thought it was close. I know you thought you could get in on me. But, look, I'm just a better wrestler. And he, and he, and he outbeat he, – he beat Renda in every position. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy, too. I mean, Renda, the last time they wrestled in a collegiate match was last year at the Midlands, and Renda beat him 9-2. to two. I mean, owned him. Yep. I mean, so th- I thought this was a great win for Miles Martin. Um, just kind of like kind of stamping the 184-pound weight class that right now it's a two-man race. Yeah, I mean, eight, if you want to call one, it a two. an eight to one man, one win. Yeah, I would definitely call it a two man race. I think that, you know, maybe it's just the homerism in me, but I got to believe that Miles Martin, the way I've seen him wrestle this year, has a shot to beat Bo Nickel. You would think he, you would think he could beat him at least once, right? I yeah. mean, he's done it in the past. You'd think he can. If they wrestled three times this year, you, you, you'd think that he can at least get one of those. Well, those, are, those, those seem to be the odds of which they've wrestled throughout their career. It's kind of like a one, one and three type thing. Yeah, well, Mymar's never beat him in a duel. We've talked about this before, right. where he has his, his successes in the, at the tournaments. And, I mean, ultimately, that's where you want to have your success. That's right. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as high on Mymar as I have been. How high are you on Colin Moore right now? Oof, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not pushing the, the, you know, I'm not pulling the fire alarm. I'm not pushing the panic button yet on Colin Moore. But he has lost two of his last three matches. Um, and in both of the matches that he lost... He was in, he was unable to get anything going, especially towards the end of the match. He did get one takedown against Michael Machiavello with this really really nice misdirection double, which we saw him hit far in last year. We saw him hit so many people in last year. Just excellent technique last year with with that misdirection double. Gets it on Machiavello. I'm like, all right, all right. This is this is gonna be a nice win for Colin Moore. And then he just he faded. I guess I guess he faded. So, here's I mean I, my opinion from 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 my point of view when I was watching that match. Listen, Colin Moore was winning that match going into the third period. Okay, he was winning the match. That's right. But Machiavello is a guy who I mean, if you look at him, he's put together really well. Oh, he's yeah. strong as could be. He's also got a really good gas tank, and I think that Colin Moore, Colin Moore took a lot of unnecessary shots in that match where he spent too much time. 
you know, with one hand on a leg right. or um, taking a shot, having to bail out, that he really exerted a lot of unnecessary energy, in my opinion. And Machiavello was able to take advantage of that in the third period. I mean, think of the last 20 seconds of that match. Colin Moore got hit with two stall calls and two takedowns take in the last 20 seconds of that match. It, That's I mean, the difference right there. Oh, Colin Moore had this match won. He, he did two things, and you kind of handed it on one of them. He did two things that it's just... It's frustrating to watch. One, he sat in there and tried to bang with Machiavello for seven minutes. And with a guy that strong, it's going to be tough to do because it wore him down. Machiavello, you know, he tried to hand fight with him real hard instead of being a little bit more in out, getting his shots going. And two, a lot of the shots he had where he would get in deep, he would have one hand on the leg. He wouldn't get two hands on the leg. Now, I know he hits a double leg, so but he would shoot a double leg, would only get his right hand on the leg, and then instead of switching to... Two hands on the leg, you know, and maybe trying to finish finish from a double to a single leg. He would continue to try to hold on to that one leg. You know, where is the Colin Moore that hit those drag trips last year? He tried it against Machiavello. It wasn't there. Where's the Colin Moore? That, close. Yeah, where's the Colin close. Moore that had those dumps? Like He tried it against Machiavello. It wasn't there. Where's the Colin Moore that would be able to get in on a leg and finish? You know, he had those struggles against Bobby Stevenson. You know, the only reason I say that is because I remember in my mind, he would get in on Bobby Stevenson with one hand on the leg and then try to trip him or do something. It's, it's just not going to work. You need two hands on a leg against a big-ass guy like Michael Machiavello. And he tried to, he stood in there and tried to bang with him. He got caught underneath him a lot. He took a lot of shots that, that weren't necessarily the best technique or didn't try to finish the best way. And that wore him out. And then giving up a t- – he gets out. Ties the match, and then giving up that takedown with the last couple seconds. I mean, come on, you, you can't do that. You, you can't do that because this could be an NCAA quarter, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the blood round when you were supposed to win it. I think this match may end up coming back to bite Colin Moore in the ass when it comes to NCAA seedings. Um, right now, one ninety-seven is just a rat's nest of. You know, it's like it's it's a pick'em in my mind, and I I think that this match could prevent Colin Moore, even if he wins the Big Tens, of getting that number one seed. Now he's still got an argument to make for it, right? But um, it's not as strong of an argument as he would have had had he had won this match. And there's going to be some other guys out there that are going to win their conference and either have only one loss or two losses, just like Moore. Um that are also going to have an argument for that one seat as well. The bottom line is... What does the one seat is, give you there, though? What does the one seat give you at that weight class? I feel like there's no. just so many different people that are similar. You can say that about almost any weight. Ultimately, but, I mean, come on. You want the one seat, right? It's supposed to be in, It's supposed to, be to, to your advantage to be the top seat. I mean, I get that, but I, I feel like this weight and, like, you know, 41 more than a lot of other weights, this weight, okay, so if you get the one seat... If you don't get the one seed, you might have to face Hot instead of Darmstadt or Hot, you know. Or well, Mich- if I'm Colin Moore, I'd rather face Hot because you've yeah. owned him. Or Mikolas instead of somebody or, you know, Weagle. I, I feel like a lot of those guys are very similar. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see not getting the one seed as a huge detriment here. I really don't. I'm not saying it's a huge detriment. I'm just saying that I'm still going to argue that having the one seed is to your advantage. Um, and I think this match might come back to bite him in the ass when it comes to getting that one seed. I don't know. It remains to be seen. Um, what I do know, well, I guess I don't know it factually, but I, I guess the Buckeyes need Colin Moore to to almost win this weight class oh, to to capture this team national title. Absolutely. I mean, 
they absolutely need him to to make the finals and really preferably win the weight class to to dethrone Penn State. And he's going into the Big Ten tournament, like you said, losing two out of his last three matches, not really on a high note that you'd expect from a guy that was supposedly the top guy in this weight class coming back last year after taking third when he only lost to, what, Farr and, and, and Jaden Cox all That's last it. year. That's it. And he looked just amazing, and he even beat Farr. Um, I think that Ohio State has to have Colin Moore win at 197 to be able to have a chance to win the NCAA title. I think he has to win it. So let me ask you, Ben, legitimate, legitimately, are you taking more or are you taking the field if you were a betting man right now? More versus the field? Uh, I got to take the field. There's just too many landmines at, at the to- in the top eight. Um, and based on what I've seen from him the past couple of weeks, I've got to take the field. It's a smart it's a smart bet. Now, if I was taking everybody even odds, I'm going to take Colin Moore. Okay? I'm going to take Colin Moore. But, well, I guess, I guess that doesn't make much sense. I, I, yeah, I would say you confused me a little bit here. I mean, I guess, I guess... I guess against each person, right? If, if you face Colin Moore, if, if you put me, if you said Colin Moore versus Jared Hodge, who you taking, or Colin Moore versus Ben Darmstadt, who you taking, Colin Moore versus Willie Mikulas, who you taking, I would pick Colin Moore in each of those. But you know that doesn't mean they're always going to be right. And there's so there's too many landmines. I think they could trip him up. Even if I think I would take him in each match to be favored, I think the field is the smart bench bet because there's so many landmines out there. All right, I hear you. All right, enough Debbie Downer stuff. Let's get to 285. Kyle Snyder, yeah. Michael Boykin. I thought Snyder looked really good this match. And, I mean, honestly, aside from the takedown clinic that he put on, the one thing that absolutely impressed me the most about him was was this. And this is what he didn't do against Adam Kuhn, a guy who was very big, very strong, very powerful. I thought Kyle Snyder did a great job of bailing out of bad positions yep. in this match. Yeah, he got he would get stuck under, but he wouldn't hang out under there. Nope. He wouldn't let Michael Boykin just lay on top because Boykin's a big boy. <laughs> you know he wrestled one ninety seven as a freshman. I don't know how. Yeah, the same way I wrestled one twenty five, I guess. <laughs> 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 but I mean, dude, Michael Boykin is a monster. He's only like five foot eleven. Is he? Yeah, I think he's like five eleven or six. He's got to be close to the weight limit. I mean, big boy. Anyways, Kyle Snyder. I mean, he wore him out. He looked good. You know he got he got his win. <laughs> Jesus, he got his. You know he won in his last duel meet um, for wearing a Ohio State singlet. Same with Bojo. Thomas Ella Same too. with NATO. Really cool man. You know we tweeted earlier like it's going to be strange not having those guys in the lineup next year, and it really is. It's kind of bittersweet. Like they went out there and looked so good in this duel, but when it was all said and done, you start to think like, man, that was the last duel that we'll ever get to see the big three looking to become the first set of three teammates ever in college to be four-time All-Americans at the same time. I mean, that's awesome, dude. But it's bittersweet. We're not going to see them wrestle in a duel again for Ohio State. We're not. We're not. And, you know, they, you know, I know it started with Steber and stuff, but, you know, they really built this program into what it is today in terms of the culture, um, you know, surrounding the Buckeyes. And, you know, hats off to all of them. They've represented Ohio State just phenomenally. Um, I, I couldn't think of three better people to have on a team that, that, could, that represented this the team that I you know I root for most than than those three guys and uh, definitely gonna miss gonna miss watching them wrestle on the um, on the college level I know NATO and uh, Snyder are gonna wrestle on the international level but so it was bittersweet it was a great duel meet twenty nine to six I think the only bummer for me truthfully was um, 
was more losing. You know, I thought with the mic, I could swallow that match because, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, he was ranked below. Um, I think if Moore would have won and it would have ended up being, you know, 30, 32 to 3, we'd be sitting here like, holy moly, these Buckeyes are ready to roll. Because I still think that. I think that they're, now they get a week off, you know, before they started really got to start ramping up their training for bigs. I tell you what, they're coming. Agree with everything you just said there. Um, I was also, look, hats off to both programs for scheduling a tough duel like this to end the season. And not only that, but wrestling your full lineups. I mean, it would have been easy to sit guys in this match to give them a break going into the postseason. I mean, but they didn't. And, I mean, if you're going to do that, then why even schedule this duel anyway? But there was a lot of chatter about, you know, is Foz going to wrestle? Is NATO going to wrestle? You know, is Snyder Snyder going to wrestle? You know, whatever. And both teams went out there fully locked and loaded. They, They fought hard. The Buckeyes looked real good, came out on top. I'm pumped to be a Buckeye fan today. I'm excited to go into the Big Tens. And you know what? Postseason is kicking off this next weekend. We got the Pac-12 conference tournament this next weekend. That's right. Um, That's crazy. It's kicking off this next weekend. Like like we said earlier, time has absolutely flown by. So we thought we would have a little fun. All right. As we roll into the postseason, we're going to do some stock up, stock down. Are we picking the Pac-12 winners? No. No, I'm not picking the Pac-12. I'm picking the team winners, Arizona State. Yeah, I will agree with you there. I'm going to go with Arizona (laughs) State. I am really interested to see how the heavyweight weight class shakes out. I mean, you got three guys ranked pretty much in the top ten. What do you got? You got Desi. Tanner Hall. Nathan Butler. Nathan Butler. Oh, yeah. That is a nice weight class. And then at 25, you do have Milhoff and Bresser. So, you know, there's some intrigue there. You know, probably not as much as, uh, obviously, some of the other um, the conferences. But there's some intrigue there. And, you know, there's some Pac-12 guys that are going to be looking to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament, which is freaking awesome. Um, and, you know, good luck to all of them, and I wish them all health. Amen to that. So you want to go stock up, stock down? Yeah, let's go stock up, stock down. All right, let's do it. All right, man. Tell me. Talk to me. 125, who's your stock up heading into the postseason? Okay, so a, a little bit of preface of this is, you know, I, I really didn't have any uh, any criteria no, here. No excuses. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have any criteria <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's just like whatever, um, you know, I thought that. Uh, somebody could be stock up or stock down. So my stock yeah. up, uh, I have two at one fifty or at one twenty five, and one of them is Ryan Milhoff. Okay, this guy he was a forgotten man. Um, you know, he started out he was an All American two years ago. I think he lost like a bunch at the start of the year. You know, but now he's back in the AA discussion. Just beat Ronnie Bresser. Just revenge, revenge the loss to Swarm um, from Northern Iowa. Um, he beat uh, qualifier uh, uh, Townsell, NCAA qualifier Townsell from. Um, uh, Stanford. So, you know, I think that he, he's back in the discussion for AA. I like to stock up there. Nice. And I also, and I, and just one more real quick. I just, We're going just, two? Yeah, I only have two and a couple. Let me just Rayvon, break all the rules. Rayvon Foley. He's 25 and 7 as a freshman in the Big Ten right now. And um, two of his losses, he's revenged. One over Welch from Purdue, who's ranked pretty high, 7 to 1. And he just beat Matt in 10 to 3. Uh, I, my, stock up, my stock's up on Rayvon Foley. Pick one from now on. Pick one. Anyway, uh, no, I like those, man. Milhoff's my stock stock up as well. Listen, like oh. you said, um, he had a rough start to the season. Struggled with injury at the beginning of the season. I think, you know, uh, the word was he's got a bad shoulder. If you think about it, he went out. He wrestled on both the CKLV, Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, and the Midlands. Um, he went 2-2 two and two at the uh, 
two and two at the Midlands. I, I, I'm sorry, CKLV. He lost to Schwarm and Matten. Right. And then at Midlands, he went one and two. Lost to Devin Schroeder from Purdue and Piotrowski uh, from Illinois. He's had since the Midlands. He's gone six and one. Like you said, he avenged that loss to Schwarm. Also beat Bresser. He's only lost him since Ben Darian Cruz. I think you said that. So I agree with you, man. Milhoff's looking good going into the postseason. I think that's what Arizona State expected to see from yep. from him, a guy who is a returning All-American. I think he's back in that conversation, right? I, I agree with you. Stock down. Who you got? Um, I got two random dudes. One, Johnny Jimenez. Okay. Where the hell has that guy been? He won a match at the NCAAs last year. Beat guys like Oliver, LJ Bentley, Christian Moody, and Brent Fleetwood last year. I think he's four and eleven this year. I mean, he's he, okay. So he's the one twenty five pounder from Wisconsin. Yeah, I think they had him in red shirt too at the beginning of the year. Then they had to pull him for whatever reason. Has he even been wrestling that much? Because I'm pretty sure I saw Jin's didn't Jin's Lance or Jens something Lance? wrestling one twenty five recently. And I, I, I and I don't know. I I, I know I can go back and look, but I just know that he is four and eleven. And I, I thought he wrestled somewhat recently. Just, uh, they, they may have been going back and forth, but I believe he was in red shirt to start the season for whatever reason. But eventually he came out of red shirt. You're right. He's not had a good season at all. And this is a guy that, if you remember, completely laid it on Jose Rodriguez right. last year when Ohio State wrestled Wisconsin. I think it was the first duel after the new year majored him, if I, I do believe. That's, no, you're exactly right. And so I, you know, I thought there were some big things with him. And when he won a match last year, I thought, okay, this guy you know, might be somebody that can, you know, could contend for maybe around a 12 status. Um, and then the other one is Taylor Lamont. Where the hell has he been? Is he even wrestling? Um, no, he hasn't been wrestling. What is going on? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I agree with you. He was my stock down as well. Um, oh, sorry. He's, you know, like, he has not been wrestling. He had a great start to the season. I mean, a, a phenomenal click. Cliff, excuse me, Cliff Keen, where he went out and he beat All Americans Russell, Shram, and Lezak. He also beat Matten as well to win that tournament. Um, but he's only wrestled four times since then, and he hasn't competed since January twentieth. He's obviously dealing with an injury. We haven't heard anything about it, but it's not really what you want going into the tournament. I'm not even sure he's gonna be wrestling in the tournament. I would think if he wasn't, we would have heard something by now, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you can't. There's no. There's no telling, considering the fact that he hasn't wrestled in a while. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He was my guy as well. Um, stock down, definitely on him. Who you got at 133? All right, my stock up at 133. I'm gonna go Dom Forrest from Pittsburgh. I like um, it. Like it. You know, Forrest has always been tough, or Forrest has always been tough. Um, and since a seventh place finish at the Cliff Keen, he's gone 12 and one. I'm sorry, 11-1, uh, including wins over Gustafson from Virginia Tech, uh, I think Sherman from North Carolina, Tariq Wilson, and most recently a really nice win over Scotty Parker. <laughs> I mean, his only loss in that streak during that streak was to Seth Gross, which is understandable. Lots of people lose to Seth Gross. Not understandable at all. He should have won that match if I'm going to buy stock in him. Oh, okay. But, no, I'm kidding. Um, great pick. I, I, you know, and I, I looked at him for that, but you know who I'm going to go with? Cade Brock. Oh, we got three guys at this? What, you picking three? Dude, okay. Give me a break, <laughs> man. I'm going to pick Cade Brock. So he lost to uh, Montori Bridges at the Wyoming duel. Mm-hmm. Got put on his back. <laughs> he showed you not. How, he showed you how to not. He was the not inside trip of the week that week. And then since then, he's won, he's got ten wins in a row, including the tech fall over Tariq Wilson. And it went over a really tough or nasty. So um, I think that – and the reason why I'm saying stock back up to him is because I thought his stock fell a little bit to like – we thought he could be a potential title contender. You know, you know. I, I still think he can be. Yeah, no, but that's what we were thinking. But you know, but then he loses those matches. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And then now I think he's back up to uh, 
he's he's in my good graces again. I I don't think anybody's beaten Seth Gross, but you know what? Nobody thought people were beating Thomas Gilman last year either. So right. No, I think that's I think that's a fair statement. Um, how many losses does Brock have? What's he got? Two losses on the year? Uh, I think he's got two or three. He's lost to Montori Bridges. He's lost to uh, Scotty Parker. Scotty Parker. Um, Is did that he, it? he wrestle Gross? I don't think they wrestled. Okay, I'm not sure they wrestled, but. I'm going off. I'm going off. I'm going off memory here, but the point I'm making is, I think both of his losses, Bridges and um, Scotty Parker, he was actually winning the matches and then got put to his back in those matches to lose. Yeah, getting put to his back was the reason why. Now it was zero zero when when Montoya Bridges put him to the back. Oh, okay. But then, okay. but then he came back and he lost. Like he definitely, gotcha. um, definitely owned him since then. All right, um, so, he's lost twice. All right, cool. All right, so I like it. I like it. So stock down, man. My stock down at one thirty-three. I'm. I hate to say this because I like the guy, but I'm going Scotty Parker. Um, look, Scotty Parker started the season off red hot. He went eight and zero, including wins over Tay Rao, Gustafson, and Brock. Also, Corbin Myers from Edinburgh, who's a ranked guy. You reading my sheet? No, I'm, <laughs> this is my stuff, bro. <laughs> um, then he went. Then the Southern Scuffle came along, and I think that's where he started to struggle. Maybe, maybe even a little bit of an injury. He went three and two at the Scuffle with losses to Rico Montoya and Isaac Jimenez from Air Force. I mean, I didn't realize Air Force was winning anything these days. Just, just put just, that out there. Just wars. <laughs> just wars. Just freaking wars, bro. <laughs> and I'm proud to be an American. Anyways, I'm Scotty Parker too, homeboy. But anyway, since the scuffle, he's only wrestled four times since then, um, including that loss to Dom Forey's this weekend. So going into the tournament, he's my stock down. Yeah, he was ranked third to start the year by most prognosticators. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's had, he's had some uh, good wins at the start of the year and then he has four losses to my count, you know, to some unheralded wrestlers and, you know, barely snuck by uh, Naser from Arizona State. Stock down, Scotty Parker. Let's go 141. Who's your stock up? Oh. I know who you're going. I don't want to go with him now because you're going to yell at me about having two. I got an honorable mention. Just pick one. My stock up is Mike Carr from Illinois. Ooh, Mike Carr. Yeah, he's got he's wins. Scrappy. He's got wins over Red, Limix, Weaver, Van Brill, and Stickley. Um, uh, the Stickley from Wisconsin. Um, dude kind of came out of nowhere. Started the year, I think he was like, Six and four or something like that, and then he got that win over Red, and then he's been rolling ever since. And I also have Joey McKenna. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, my stock up, dude. I'm going McKenna, baby. McKenna, baby, all day long. Since losing to Tommy Thorne by major decision, which is only his only loss on the year, that was January 12th, he's gone on to win six in a row, including wins over Nick Lee, Nate Lemix, and Kevin Jack. And he's Carter looking- Happel. Uh, he's ranked nineteenth right now. Oh, sweet! Yeah, um, I don't even think he's going to be the starter, considering they just started Vince Turk. <laughs> hey, Carter Happel's our inside trip of the week, dog. Give us some respect. He's got one of the best Twitter handles, Farter Capel. <laughs> I think I just started myself, actually. So Jesus. Um, all right, so yeah, Joy McKenna all day, man. I think what he's doing right now is exactly how you want to go into the postseason. Who's your stock down? Luke Karam. You know, he was actually somebody I was thinking about, but I changed it at the last minute. Yeah, he lost his last two. He uh. He's been kind of up and down, so it's kind of hard to his. Let's just put it this way: his stock's been fluctuating. He's had some really nice wins. He's he's looked really good. He's looked where, like a guy that could potentially make that round of twelve. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can make that round of twelve, you can do anything mm-hmm. with sneaking in. Um, lost his last two, you know, that weren't too impressive. So he's my stock down. All right, he's a Lehigh guy. So uh, my stock down at one forty-one is returning Big Ten runner-up Javier Gasca. 
I don't know what's going on with this boy, but he, <laughs> after finishing as a runner-up at the Big Tens last year, you know, some, he started the season out ranked, ranked fairly high, top right, 15. Right. Um, he's been struggling greatly this Good year. Pick. Uh, before this weekend, um, before this weekend, I mean, Gaska couldn't have bought a win if you gave him your checkbook, um, having lost eight in a row, nine of his last ten. He, he was, did? Yeah, he got a win this weekend. I no, think. but he didn't lose eight in a row, nine of his last ten. He did. Are you kidding me? So they wrestled two matches this weekend, uh, two two duels in the same day. I think it was Eastern Michigan and Clarion. He got beat by Zacherl. He beat the Eastern Michigan guy. Before that, he had lost eight in a row and nine of his last ten. This is a dude that, like, I remember his freshman year when I dropped freaking what's-his-face for him because you freaking told me to and then you picked Ryan him Taylor? up. Ryan Taylor? Ryan <laughs> Taylor. Because Gasco was cutting a 33 at the time. Dude has got yeah, I know. Dude beat the hell out of Jimmy Goulibon last year. I mean, he just carried him like crazy. This dude is a freaking, I'm not going to even use the word enigma. What the heck? He lost eight? He lost eight in a row and nine of ten. Gasco like was always like he, a good scrapper. I'm telling you, man, he couldn't buy one with your credit card. Jesus. So that's my stock down at 141. All right, 149. Is it my turn or yours first? No, I'm going first. Stock up. Even though you made me pick my car in the last one. What? It's all good. Shut up. My stock up at 149, man, especially since I've actually got to watch him in his matches lately, is Grant Leith. Okay? Look, this boy, you know, kind of stopped hanging out so much. Kind of started the season off a little rough. Not not terribly rough, but, you know, he lost to Bulu Wallen and Davion, Davion Jeffries uh, in November at the Linda One Open. And since then, he rattled off 13 straight wins, including wins over Shishko, Heilman, Oliver, Max Thompson, and avenging that loss to Bulu Wallen. Um, Grant Leith and his neck brace is looking real good going into the postseason. I picked my car at 141. That's a good <laughs> one, wasn't it? You liked it, didn't you? I did. It stocks up on that dude. You picked like two guys at every weight class. No, I, that was, those are the only t- ones that I picked two at. Um, 149, I picked Grant, freaking neck brace Leith. He's on my fantasy team. I picked him up because I knew what it was going down. He was a red shirt from Duke as a freshman. Didn't compete, I think, the past two years. Uh, due to injuries to his neck. Now as a junior, he's 19-2 on the season. I think um, his only losses are to uh, Lou Wallen and... Um, Davion Jeffries. And Davion Jeffries. Yeah, you already said that. Davion Jeffries. <laughs> Avenge the Lou Wallen one. Uh, what else can I say about this dude except for he's a freaking grinder and he's got some pretty nice biceps. So my he's stock, is, Yeah, my stock is way up on Grant Leith and he better freaking win a title for And him. when he flexes, like his neck looks big too with that brace. I don't know what's going on with him, but... He needs to stop eating so much freaking protein because the dude is freaking jacked. Dude, he's jacked. You think he could beat Zane Rutherford? No. I don't either. No. You think he can make the finals? At 149? Yeah. Man, I still got to favor Sorensen. Well, I favor Sorensen over anybody. So, no. Yeah. All right. My stock down. 149, my stock down. I'm going Jason Sertzis. Oh, you, you dirty dog. Why am I a dirty dog? Because Sources ain't got no stock down. That's my stock down. Look, Dude's rolling, son. Since winning Reno Tournament of Champions back in I don't, mid-December, he's gone 8-4, and four, um, including a recent 11-3 drubbing by Cortland Schuyler from Lehigh. Yeah, what happened there? Um, and he most recently narrowly escaped Josh Cortez of Cal Poly 2-1. Um, I will say, I, I guess it's a good thing. It appears that he's locked up the starting spot for Arizona State. Um, I hope so because I can't drop him. Nope, that stuff is locked in. He does have two good wins recently, but though. he is my stock down going into the tournament at one forty nine. He's got two really solid wins against an NCAA guy. 
Josh Maruka. In the rest of loves. Who's your stock down at 149, Ben? My stock down at 149, and I'm so freaking happy to talk about this, is DeLuca from freaking Rutgers. <laughs> what a turd. You hate that guy, don't oh, you? Oh, let me throw Keyshawn. Yeah, you know what? You got freaking lucky throwing Keyshawn Hayes to his back, and then you stuck your tongue out like you thought you were tough. Dude's got like a better record than I ever had, but it was like, you know, it's like 19 and 16 or something, or something like that. You know, I forget. That's not that high, but it's not that great. You know what he's lost? After he stuck his tongue out thinking he was a bad mamma jamma, he's lost five of his next eight with some butt whoopings. Like, I'm talking tech falls and majors in there. Can so, I ask you something? Eliza DeLuca, you my stock down, brother, and I would never bet on you. Of the five of the last eight that he's lost, have any of those losses been to guys that he shouldn't have lost to? Have they all been ranked ahead of him? Man, I'm just curious. Make, I'm just curious. I can look at it. Give me one second. Hey, while you're looking that up, can I ask you a question? Pick your microphone back up. Yeah, you can. Did you score a takedown at your when you wrestled in the NCAAs? Uh, dude, I scored like three of them. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Why you ask that? I was just curious. I don't know. I was just I've been thinking about it lately. Well, that's that's strange. I had the match. I had a match one, and I got thrown on my back. Because I was trying to score my last takedown. He's 10-8 and eight this year. What a turd. Um, he lost to Kolodzik. Okay. He, he lost to Ryan Deacon. He lost uh-huh. to Rutherford. He lost to McChrystal. Uh-huh. And he lost to Troy Harlan. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Was and just pa- curious. Patricio Lugo. What a turd. All right, 157. Who's I'm your sorry. stock up, Benny Boy? Uh, my stock up at 157 is going to be um, Tyler Berger. Because <laughs> I don't have a guy. That's, That's the first guy that up. I saw. <laughs> Tyler Berger said, oh. Oh, he said stock up. Stock up. Oh, oh. Tyler Berger. Oh. Um, I'm going up. If you're up. buying stock in Burger Boy, I got no. some property to sell you. I'm going um, I- I'm going with Clayton Ream. Okay. Uh, he just Good choice. Be- he just beat, um, he just beat uh, uh, Zilberberg from uh, South Dakota State. I don't North think Clayton Ream's lost since. South Dakota State. Since. Sometime in December, if yeah. I'm going off memory. Yeah, he just he just doesn't have a lot of great wins. I didn't actually have a stock up guy listed at that weight class. Um, that was the guy that I picked, and I and I think because I saw him with a recent win over Zilberberg in overtime. So he's my stock up. No, I like that. I I, I thought about him as well. Um, Who's yours? My stock up. I'm going to go with Archie Colgan from Wyoming. I thought about him. Um, you know, since he lost to Joey Lavalley at the Reno Tournament of Champions, where he took third. Um, he's gone eleven and one. He's got wins over Fine Silver from Duke, who is highly ranked guy. He's got yeah. a win over Zilverberg. Um, he beat Jaunty Bla- Blaylock from Oklahoma State. His only loss um, since the Reno Tournament of Champions was to Clay Ream, who you know is a fine choice as well. You just spoke I about. I think that him. Archie Colgan is that's a really good pick. I think that he might be one of those guys that will surprise some people at NCAA's. I think so too. Uh, I really do. Stock down. Who you got? Um, it's Micah Jordan, man. Um. You know, he's lost two in a row to Pants and Hidley. Uh, maybe I'm just being a pessimist, but, um, you know, I thought that he could beat anybody except for the, you know, except for Jason Nolf. And I still think he can beat anybody except for Jason Nolf, and I really believe that. But, you know, he's 25 and he's 20 and 5 with, with no wins over some, no wins, no really wins that, that to write home about. He's, he's my stock down, but it wasn't, it's not just from recent, it's from the start of the season. I'm taking the stock all the way from the start of the season on him. I hear you. Uh, my stock down, I'm going to go with Andrew Crone from Wisconsin. Um, Crone has shown flashes what? of greatness throughout his career. Um, in, in fact, he, he after a Midlands this year where he finished seventh, he went on a 6-0 str- stretch that included wins over Pantale- Pantaleo and Berger. Right. Um, however, he's lost his last two matches to Van, Van Brill and Perriott where he got pinned by Perriott. 
Um, not how you really want to go into the postseason. He's my stock down at 157. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's a fair point. Um, I did just pick him up for my fantasy team, so I will give you one stat is that he has beaten Perriott and who um, um, else and Van Brill earlier in the year. Doesn't you know? That's not good that you you have the last loss there, but you know it could be something. You know they're pretty probably pretty pretty even pretty close. Here's the thing. I'm sure you got guys on your stock down. Maybe have lost their last two, two out of their last three. If you've lost your last two, two, three, four matches, whatever, going into the postseason, that's not a great way to enter into that conference uh, tournament. I like Colin Moore. There you go. Totally agree. No, I totally agree with you. I, look, the only reason I didn't put Crone on there is because I have him on my team, and I'm like, I can't be like, I just picked this dude up, but I got stocked down on him. I didn't pick up Clay Ream. That's why I put him on here. I mean, well, that was kind of bonus. No, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I, I still feel like, look, I got nobody else. What do you want, Clay Ream? I had freaking Scheidel. All right, come on. Let's settle down. All right, 165 stock up. I'm going Richie Lewis on this. Um, you just going to pick first every time? No, you went first last time. I'm kidding. Um, so, Richie Lewis, look, he had an early season loss to Marinelli in his first match at 165. Um, since that time, he's gone 13-2. and two. His only two losses in that 13-2 and two stretch were one-point losses to Marinelli again and Vincenzo Joseph. Um, recently, he's got wins over Campbell, Isaiah White, Nick Wanzek, Schleifer from Princeton, and Valencia from Arizona State. I think Richie Lewis is settling into that 165-pound weight class, which is a brutal weight class, um, but he's looking good heading into the postseason. Who you got? I got none other than Sammy the Bull, the dude from the Gambino family, I believe. You know, Alex Marinelli, um, undefeated on the year, just took out number one. Stock can't go up any higher than that, brother. It's a great choice. I got no no, no arguments. Yeah. My um, stock down. I got to go Tayshan Campbell on this one. Oh, I'm glad we got different ones because I think they're both going to be good. Um, I mean, for Campbell, it's obvious reasons. He started the season out strong. Nice win over Valencia. Went out to CKLV where he took fourth. Um, but since that time, he's four and six, including a stretch of six straight losses uh, before finally get a win, getting a win yesterday against North Carolina State. Uh, great that he got that win. He's going into the postseason back in the win column. But second half of the season, stock down on Campbell. Second half of the season for sure, stock down on Campbell. Um, I'm interested to see what's going what's gonna to happen at Big Tens. I'm excited. Um, my stock down is Jonathan Schleifer. Uh, uh, I was buying stock on him. Buying stock for him after he won Midlands. Took bull to OT. Took the bull to OT. Um, then he's lost three in a row to Walmack, Maybethea, who he actually beat 10-4 to four before, and Richie Lewis. Did you say he won Midlands? No, he, he took second in Midlands. Oh, okay. oh I'm sorry. He took sec, he sec, made the finals gotcha, in Midlands. Gotcha. Lost to the bull in OT I hear in you. Midlands. I hear you. Um, you know, I'm thinking, all right, good dude's legit. Um, like I said, he lost to Walmack, lost to Maybethea from uh, Penn, I believe. Yep. Um, who he'd beaten 10-4 to four before and lost to Richie Lewis. Jonathan Slifer, the fifth-year senior or fourth-year senior, um, he's my stock down. I, I liked him when he made the finals of Midlands. I got you. I got you, man. All right, let's go 174. Ben, who you got? Stock up. Uh, my stock up is Miles Amin. Got over the hump finally with Bo Jordan. Um, wrestled, wrestled a really close match with Mark Hall. Um, you know, but he did take fourth last year, so it's like how high has your stock really risen? I just think that that, that win over Bojo ooh, in, his, in his close wrestle – Close match with Hall where I think he took him down twice. You know, I think it's worth mentioning. What about you? So my stock up at 174, I'm going to go Ethan Ramos from North Carolina. Um, he started the year off pretty rough. He took losses to Ben Harvey from Army and Dylan Liddy from uh, Purdue. Went out to Cliff Keen, Las Vegas. He got himself injured, and he didn't wrestle again until January 19th. Since that time, he's gone 9-1, and one, including a recent win over All-American Brandon Womack. 
I think he's put himself back in a good position heading into the postseason. He's a former, I mean, he's a re, he's a former All American, returning All American, whatever. All you know, aid a few, couple years ago. Um, so I'm stock up on Ethan Ramos, man. Who's stock down? <sighs> I didn't have anyone listed. It's funny you say that because. It's, when looking at 174, it's pretty chalk. Like there just hasn't, yeah. There haven't been guys that have gone on really bad streaks or anything like that. It's all kind of like it's it just it's really chalk. I, I mean, I guess. Look, okay, you want me to pick Bo Jordan? I mean, no. It, but, but I mean, like that's like okay, he lost the match to Amin. Um, you know, maybe Jacoby Smith. That's actually who I do have here. Yeah, maybe um, Jacoby Smith. Uh, the reason you, being, you can read it off, but that's 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 the only person I can think of. Jacoby Smith is my stock down going into the postseason. Um, and it's all because he hasn't wrestled since losing to Dan Lewis on January 27th, um, where he suffered an injury. It was apparent in that match he got injured. Um, he was in pain. He did. Uh, he gutted it out. He finished the match, but he hasn't wrestled since. I remember that match. Um, Ooh, yeah. Probably a safe bet to say he'll wrestle in the postseason, but how good is he? How healthy is he going to be? How good will he be? Remains to be seen. Um, you never want to go into the postseason not having wrestled in, in over a month. Man, we really think alike. We do. All right, 184, my stock up. I'm going Emory Parker. We don't have the same guy. <laughs> yes, although I do agree with you. I love Emory Parker. Well, I'm sure we would have had the same guy if you would have listed three or four, you know. I'm a lot of – God I'm damn kidding. Gosh dang it. Oh. Um, but my 184 stock up, Emory Parker. Um, he has not lost since mid-November when he lost to Ricky Robertson. I mean, since then he's gone undefeated. He Remember won that match the- with Taylor Vans? That match was, was sick. Awesome. When he turned him, oh man, I like Emory Parker. Not only that, he won Midlands and he won the you know t- won in the finals in Midlands over uh, All American post grad uh, Nate Jackson. Yeah. Remember when we were um, talking with Imar or um, when we did the interview with him? We said <laughs> name some guy you know that we need to look out for, and you know and he had already beaten Imar at the NCAA tournament. He's like Emory Parker. This dude's legit. I would be shocked if Emory Parker didn't make that podium this year, boys. His last loss in November at the Roadrunner to Ricky Robertson. That's his last one? His last loss. November, Roadrunner, Ricky Robertson. That was in November, wasn't it? Yes. I think November 19th, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, I'll buy some stock on that. You want to put some money together and buy some stock on um, Emory Parker? Because I'm in. (laughs) Who's your stock up, bud? I got Zach Zavansky. Um, you know, he's the five seed last year at the NCAA tournament, but went one and two. But you know what? He just got that big win over Pete Randa. He's only got one bad loss this year. And you know what's funny? His bad loss is to Nick Renan, who is redshirting this year for NC State because I'm guessing he can't beat Pete Randa, who Zach Zavasky just beat. So I got Zach Zavasky as my stock up after that nice win against the number three Pete Randa. Um, you know, he's got some strange losses this year, but that's, that's a nice win to go into the uh, the uh, – the conference tournament but i like it i like it so my stock down at 184 i'm going ricky robertson um (laughs) you hate me i don't hate you but i'm just you know it's just the way i see things look after the midlands where he had victories over drew foster and steven schneider both highly ranked guys um his only losses were to taylor vins and uh dominic abinader um he's been very inconsistent okay um I'm sorry, he's had a very inconsistent second half of the season. Um, prior to yesterday's win over Max Lyon of Purdue, he had actually lost three in a row. I know. So, I mean, he's my stock down going into the tournament. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue with that. And my stock down is it's, it's not so much a knock on this guy. It's just it's, uh, bad timing at the end of the year, Pete Renda. Yeah, I mean. That, uh, you know, I'm selling, I'm selling a little bit of stock on him now because he just – and it's not so much the loss to Mymar, it's just the loss to Zavasky and Mymar back-to-back. I still think Pete Renda can be, be a finalist. I think I don't think Pete Renda can beat Bo Nickel, 
I think there's only one guy in the tournament that can beat Bo Nickel, but I still think Pete Rennick could be a finalist. He's going to have to go through Bo Nickel to do it. That's a good point. Well, yeah, I guess it just depends on how things get seeded out, but that's a good point. I'm, I was basically saying that Mymar is going to beat Bo Nickel at Big Tens. Oh, I got. Sorry, I thought you were saying that. Um, uh, Pete oh, is going to be the four seed. Be the four seed. No. Sorry, <laughs> we we looked at that completely different. Come on, that's why you need to do more of a homer. <laughs> Not going to be a homer. I know. I'm a fan. Well, we're all fans. We're, yeah. Um, look, and and I even wrote here. <laughs> I'll read you the exact sentence I wrote. And at the same time, I think he'll be just fine and is a finalist threat, depending on what side of the bracket he's on. So, I mean. You know, that's I, nice. Did you do that in your own handwriting? Very good. Up. I'm so proud of you. It's, it's certainly not a diss to Pete Randall, but I'm, I'm giving him my stock down because he's oh, lost two in a row. It's a valid point, man. He's lost two in a row. I mean, you're ending your regular season with two losses. You don't want to do that going into the tournament season. All right, 197. Who's your stock up? Shakur Rashid hasn't lost since November 12th, and he's just been effing people up. Dude. Tupac Shakur Rashid. I'm just. Yeah, I am so stock up on Shakur Rashid. Well, yeah, he's on your fantasy team. No, I'm just, it has nothing to do with that. That's just a bonus. You've been blasting my fantasy team all day on this stock down. <laughs> maybe that's that's something. why you're like in sixth place. Hey, I'm like right in the middle of the pack, maybe. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right, man. For one, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that he's finally won that spot. Rightfully so. Oh God, I, big time stock up on that. Could you imagine if Kale <laughs> didn't wrestle him at the Big Tens after he just wrestled the final duel like the day before? He's like, ah, we're going, <laughs> we're going with Kasar. Shakur, you did a great job this year. Look, I mean, I think he's like 19-2 and two on the year. He hasn't lost since November 12th when he lost 8-4 to four to Ben Darmstadt. Um, all he's done is win 10 in a row, including nine bonus point victories. He has looked really good. He's probably looked as good or better than anybody at that weight class over the last month. And that ain't right. And that ain't right that, like, Penn State, that's his, that was the third-string guy this year. Yeah. You pick, pick any one of Ohio State's third-string guys. And I'm pretty sure if I slapped a single on right now, I'm going at least, if it was one minute periods, I'm probably doing okay against them. I could see, you know, them little Wisconsin dudes wrestling 125. I could probably <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say I had to make weight. <laughs> but they, they're throwing Shakur Rashid out there like, yeah, let's try this dude. Who's let's, your stock down? Let's see if this dude can do something. All of a sudden he goes out and just effing. I wrote, he's, I spelled the word out, but I go, he, he's just been effing people up. <laughs> Freaking good, man. My stock down at 97? Yeah. I didn't give him my stock up. Oh, yeah. You said Shakur Rashid. Oh, he's yours with Shakur, too? Oh, yeah. My stock down's Colin Moore, man. He's lost two of his last three guys ranked outside the top five. He's lost two of his last three guys ranked outside outside the top five, man. I I, I don't know what else to say. Um, It's it's, it's not the way you want to go into the Big Ten tournament. You know, we vocalized our thoughts on Colin Moore earlier, so. No, it's fair. Fair point. Uh, my stock down, I'm going Cash Wilkie. Cash Wilkie started the season off really hot, won 13 in a row, including a Midlands title. But since January 14th, he's lost four of his last six, including an absolute dismantling by Rashid in his last match, 11-2. to two. So he's my stock down going into the postseason. Heavyweight, baby. Who you got? My stock up at 285 is the one and only Derek White from Oklahoma State. Derek White. Found himself a weight class this year. The Okie State bulk job, baby. Lifted himself into uh, to the heavyweight weight class um, since losing one to nothing to Mike Hughes from Hofstra on November the 12th. He's only managed to go 13-1 and with his only loss coming to Sam Stoll, Stoll 
Two Stool. great wrestlers. Yeah, Sam Stool. <laughs> Sam Stahl. Uh, Sam Stahl. Um, and Sudden Victory. <laughs> um, and 10 of those 13 wins have been via bonus point. I really like that stock up. I mean, Hughes and Stoll are both very good wrestlers. Um, my stock up is Amir, uh, Amir Desi. You know, last loss was the Midlands. Since then, he's had wins over Tanner Hall and Nathan Butler. I like the way he's wrestling right now heading into the postseason. Watch out for Amir Desi. I think he was a returning All-American from two years ago. Yeah. So... I like him. I think. I think what you're seeing is he, he's finally starting to be healthy. He's had some really right, bad knee injuries. Right. I think he's getting back on track with those, getting his timing back. Um, because I recall when Conan Jennings messed Amir Desi up earlier in the season. Yeah, that was strange. It was very weird. All right, my stock down. Um, it was kind of hard at 285 to find a stock down, much like 174. But if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Billy Miller from Edinburgh. Um, he's a junior. He's battled a lot the last few years, but he's been in and out of the lineup a lot this year, all year long. I'm going to assume it's been due to injury. Um, he doesn't really have any notable wins either. I would say uh, the best guy that he's actually wrestled since January was Derek White, who we just talked about, and White actually majored him. So he's my stock down. My stock down at this point is uh, maybe a surprise some people is Tanner Hall. You know, he took third last year, and you know people thought he might be the guy behind the big two. You know. Since then, he's lost. You know, he's, this year he's lost to Coon twice. He's lost to Stoll. He's lost to Butler, and he's lost to Desi. Now, you know, those are all good losses, but those are losses that if you know you plan on taking third again next year, minus the Coon loss, you know, you you don't have. So my stock down is Tanner Hall. All right, man. That's it. That's our stock up, stock down. That's that our Buckeye fun. report. That was fun. You know what? It's getting me geeked even more for Big Tens, well, all the postseason, and most importantly, Cleveland, Ohio. March 14th through the yeah, 18th. Yeah, baby. St. Paddy's Day weekend. The Buckeye's going to be wearing green. And gold. After that championship. That's right. You got anything else, man? That's it, baby. You know, we said a while ago we wanted to keep these things to an hour. Um, we haven't been doing a good job at that lately. We apologize for the long podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to send us any feedback. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bros. <laughs>